Why, hello everyone, and welcome to Quarant Screen, the podcast where we talk about movies. My name is Becca. And my name is Jane. And this week we're talking about Soul. Uh, just a heads up, this podcast is not spoiler-free, so if you've not seen the movie, go watch it, come back, listen to our podcast. Uh, otherwise, let's get right into it. Uh, I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, me too. Um, definitely not a chill, like, it's obviously a children's movie, but it's not like... I don't know. I would argue that it's maybe not a children's movie. Yeah. Just because of, like, I mean, the main character is a middle-aged man. Right. Uh, and the subject matter just being so heavy. Like, obviously, they did it in a Pixar way, which is oriented towards kids. But kids I really... Yeah, like, kids can watch it and, like, have a good time. But I don't think it's a movie made for them. I think no. it's a it's a movie that's, like, made for, for grown-ups, which feels mm-hmm. really weird and... It was cool. I liked that about it. It felt mm-hmm. it felt completely different from anything else that I've really ever watched. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely geared towards adults as I had an existential crisis through the entirety of that movie. Because um, <laughs> that movie literally was like, hello, artists, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be like, so your spark is acting, right, Becca? How's that? motion <laughs> in the ground. Yeah, I literally watched the movie. Was like, well, sick. All right, um, but I it was a phenomenal movie. Um, all the reviews you've heard about it being a phenomenal movie are great, are are true, are real. Um, I especially loved and like had connection with uh the scene where uh he goes into his mother's shop the second time mm-hmm. uh, with the cat <laughs> or like yes. as the cat, I should say, and gets this whole like uh, monologue ask uh, sort of way about how I just don't want to die and uh, be feel like I like wasted all this time and, uh, how I'm just I'm trying to do something that makes me happy and like I might be poor while I'm doing it but at least I'll be happy um, because I say that a lot when people are like so what's your real job mm. like, no this is my real job the other shit's the the shit to make sure that I can go out and like eat right every day like that's not that's not the real job that's just that is the side job Right. Um, so it was like a nice little connecting moment. And like obviously a bunch of animators, writers, directors, like artists are going to get that point clear and like make it good. Because I probably have had that same talk with people in their lives. Right. Um, but I liked that the message wasn't that your spark is your purpose. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very much subverting that, that, you know, the spark is the thing that makes you appreciate life and like mm-hmm. helps to give life meaning. But if you aren't able to make that your sort of full time thing you're able right. to do, 
then that's that's still okay. Mm-hmm. You you still have a spark. You still have life. Still has meaning, right. even if you're you end up being a barber when right. you wanted to be a vet- veterinarian. Yeah. Uh, you can find meaning uh, and purpose in things that aren't your spark. Right. And I think I've been hearing that a, a lot more within the past year because of COVID. Uh, that like people who even people who were working, even like Broadway actors who had no issues finding gigs, they were like popping them left and right, their jobs ended. Right. They had to figure out, even if it was a temporary, even if they knew that the second theaters opened back up, they'd have a job again, they needed to figure out something because they couldn't just like, potato themselves i mean they could that's a choice but that's almost as bad as being being like uh oh i i i didn't make it so i'm a failure it's like it's that same like crossroad just from different roads intersecting of like being too involved in it that you don't have other things in your life Right, because there can also become a point where if your spark is your full-time thing and you're lucky enough to quote-unquote make it, that you can kind of lose the spark, which mm-hmm. I think they, they they didn't like delve too deep into, but they hinted at after he like played his first gig and he was like, huh, I thought I would feel different. And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, the great line about the the like looking for the ocean, like, hey, well, you're in it. Um, and I, I, I liked that. I mean, it's one of those like sayings that could maybe become like, or is, I don't know, already passe, but I liked it a lot. And I felt yeah. like that was a good metaphor. Um, because yeah, there's, there's always that, that risk. And I, I definitely know people who consciously made the choice to not pursue mm-hmm. the thing that would, would be considered their spark because they were afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is a difficult thing to balance because it becomes very easy to burn out, whether it's art or like any anything else, it becomes right. really easy to burn out. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, on a very gross side of that, like uh, people with a lot of money, like one of the, I remember reading an article one time that was like, um, once you get up there in cash, you hoard. Because, like, you've gotten everything you need. You've paid off your bills. Like, you might be still, like, excessively spending on shit you don't actually need. But a lot of them hoard because they want to see that number go up. They want to... It's like a leaderboard. It's But, like, it's not actually fulfilling them. Because what are you ever going to do with that amount of money? But, like, they... It's that, that like, need to be, like, well... Maybe when I have this much money, it'll be different. Maybe when I have this much money. Um, or you, like you said, you just like hear artists who are like, oh, I thought that once I did my first like movie, that it would be different, like that my life would change. And it's the exact same as it was, except now more people know who I am, which is in some cases a blessing and a curse. Like, right. Uh, but like, uh, I also use this metaphor in just like life, like every year people expect 
January 1st to come around and then change the entirety of what happened in the year before. And then when January 1st comes and January 2nd comes and January 3rd comes and they feel the same way as they did the year before, they're like, oh, well, I, I, I was using this as like my big, I'm going to change moment and nothing happened. Right. John's um, uh, theory of life that he's always like, if I wrote a self-help book, this is what my like thesis would be, right. is that like you should be happy with your life on a Wednesday, like just a normal everyday Wednesday. And if you're not happy, happy like reassess your values and your living situation and stuff like that and I don't necessarily like the Wednesday because I feel like I always sort of like hit my low on Wednesdays (laughs) like Wednesday like the hump day is real for me like I'm always like the grouchiest on Wednesday evenings (laughs) so I'm like ah well maybe maybe a Thursday or a Tuesday could work better for me can you work around these days a little bit please (laughs) right but I definitely feel like that's true I don't know one of the things that I appreciate a lot about myself is that I feel like I'm able to like if I if I like achieve the high I don't feel like then I'm just like I mean I'm somebody who likes to like have achievements I'm always like yeah I want to do the next thing but like with our apartment like very recently because I have nothing to do I keep finding like home improvement projects so we like got a rug for the kitchen and I like redid our shoe stands and got a new um comforter which you can see over there uh and like it brings me joy like like the the retail therapy that sometimes it doesn't continuously bring joy but I've had these things for like a few weeks now and I still sometimes will just like open the the hall closet door and be like oh man look at that shoe rack like it is so good it's so much yeah. better than the shoe rack that was there before or like with like more palpable life achievements like for example I won a really big award at University of Maryland and I feel like a lot of times people like get the award get the achievement and then they're just like oh well I just feel the same or like they have that high for that day but yeah. like one of the things with the award is that I got this ring the class ring that I still mm. wear like almost every day and I still like will just be you know like sitting on the toilet and I'll look at my ring and I'll be like nice you did that <laughs> good yeah. job and it still makes me feel good even though it's been like three years oh my god has it been three years since that happened yeah so I don't know and and like trips and like look thinking back on things like that like I feel like I'm able to to enjoy those things and not just have the high and then fall well I guess I part of that could also be and and like with uh with the movie uh with like Joe uh it depends on how much you build it up. Like you didn't weren't like, oh, I can't wait to interior decorate. I'm gonna that's my life goal. I'm gonna decorate a studio. Yeah, my entire identity was not wrapped up in my new shoe racks. Although for a few weeks it kind of was, but not for many years. (laughs) Right. And I think I think that's a huge part of it too is like how much have you invested in it? Like I I I mean I like like I said I watched this movie and I've like especially the first like half of it um was just like very i like i felt it like it was it was like if i 
were to get like a huge movie tomorrow and then die, I'd be fucking pissed. And like, obviously, me and Joe are not the same age. Um, but like, it's I, I have been an actor for 14 years, almost 15 years. And like, it has become so much of who I am. And I've been lucky enough to uh, divulge into several other things, podcasting, um, making sure I have time for friends, but also like just being a part of theater generally. Like I figured out how to manage who I am. That's not just an actor, but um, it has become so much of who I am that like, something that I have thought about quite a lot is like, I'm going to be fucking pissed if I die next week, knowing that I can do more and I just wasn't able to. And I relate like, to that. Yeah. I, and, and so like this, this movie like fucking hit that home. But the thing that was like the turning point for me in the movie um, was when he went to the barbershop. Because the, the thing that the barber said at the very end of the visit was, I don't, I don't know what happened, man, but thank you for like asking me about my life. It was nice to talk to you about something that wasn't jazz. And it's like that reminder that like, even if you... Like, I, I can think of several people who I like preach about how great they are, how perfect they are, and like how whatever, but then I realize that when I'm actually talking to them... All I've talked about for an hour and a half is like acting. And I'm like, I didn't ask them a goddamn thing about their life. I'm mean, <laughs> um, and I think it's just that reminder too of like don't like you can get sucked into it, but like also like remember that there are people who love and support you, but who have their own journeys. And part of the journey of growing and being happy is learning about other people's journeys. Like you're yeah. not going to fuel your own happiness just by you. You need other people. Even as an introvert, you need other people to, to, to listen to their stories. So no to man is an island. The moral of my favorite album that I wrote an essay about crack up by Fleet Foxes. <laughs> you need other people or else you will be, uh, be, uh yeah even if you're an introvert you need other people to sort of bring you out of yourself mm -hmm. um especially when times get hard yeah you and i to... felt like oh sorry go ahead no no i'm just i'm just rambling. <laughs> no i guess the other thing that i wanted to say was how like especially hard this movie hit because it's a pandemic Mm -hmm. And the animation of New York was so beautiful, like so like on another level from anything I've ever seen Pixar do before. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh man, I miss the, I've seen other people on like Twitter talking about this too. Like I miss the subway, mm -hmm. I miss cafes and just like walking on the street with other people around me and not worrying about if they're wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And oh, it just made me, I mean, cause it's about like life and it seems, it, it, it is very dramatic to to say that you know that quarantine feels like purgatory but in a way like it does and I don't know if I have like a more accurate less traumatic way to put it and obviously I have like the best situation of anybody in this pandemic uh so I will recognize that privilege but also saying that I mean for all of us 
it's that's not to say that's still not rough emotionally right yeah it's still it's still difficult and i still miss being able to do those things that made life super exciting and uh I, i've also like uh like in my relationship with john like i was the person who was always like let's go out to this new restaurant like let's go see this movie and go to this festival in dc and maybe then we can walk around like this park and like mm -hmm. all and like oh let's schedule these things with our friends like i was always like that was my function in the relationship was to like like be pulling him outside and like doing mm -hmm. stuff and he was the person who's like oh let's watch this new tv show or uh let's like play this board game the things that like are now the only things we can do mm -hmm. and so i feel like part of the like the function that i served in like this really important relationship is also kind of taken away mm -hmm. and that's just i think something about me as a person is that i really like life and going out there and living <laughs> Yeah. And so this movie was like, wow, really wish I could do this. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I saw when they put pop that New York screen on there was how much I miss just going in coffee shops, just sitting. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes it would be to do work when I needed like a, a place of like, like someone else can see my laptop screen. I actually have to do work because they'll know if I'm just watching YouTube for 12 hours straight. Um, <laughs> But like, sometimes it's just like, I just go and I sit and like listen to like hundreds of people who are just walking in and out and living their lives. And I just, it like makes me happy. I'll go to the malls and just walk around, just parks, festivals, any of that, just to like hear and be near people. Like I don't, I don't need to like what I'm doing. I don't need to actually have a purpose. I just want to like be near people. And like, that is probably the thing during quarantine that has been the hardest, especially because during quarantine, I moved to a uh, studio mm -hmm. from my parents' house. At least for the first half I had my parents still. Um, right. And before we like really knew how serious it was back in March, I was also like still six feet apart seeing friends. And now I'm like six months deep into living alone and it's more serious now. And I am like, I just want people. I just want to be near them. That's all I want. That's it. Would you say that you're an extrovert? Oh, yeah. Okay. I have, um, I don't know. I, 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 there, I know there's a word for an in-between and I'm probably closer 